What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Shack. Sports Shack. It's Sports Shack. And here it comes, episode 297 of the Sports Yak Podcast. The Ricky Henderson episode. Baseball's all-time stolen base king. In his 25 years of big league ball, stroke 297 homers. And the stories of Ricky Henderson are rich and fascinating. Care to share at least one that you know oh, of? Oh, I have a whole page of the oh, there, Corey. <laughs> Ricky, first of all, Ricky loved him some Ricky. Okay. And Ricky loved to refer to Ricky in the third person. Yes. Which is just terrific. So, for example, um, not not too long ago, kind of towards the end of his career, uh, he wound up playing for the Red Sox, but he's a free agent and he's calling around. And he calls the general manager of the San Diego Padres, Kevin Towers, and leaves this message on his answering machine. (laughs) This is Ricky calling on behalf of Ricky. Ricky wants to play baseball. (laughs) I love it. You know, you really can't get away with that unless you have the right name. That sounds like the right name. Um, In 99, he's playing with the Mets. And these reporters are running around the clubhouse before a game. And he asked a teammate, what's going on? And the teammate says, Tom Robson, the team's hitting coach, had just been fired. To which Henderson said, who's he? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Early 80s, he's playing for Oakland. Accounting department's freaking out. The books are a million dollars off. It's determined Ricky is the reason why. The GM asked him about a million-dollar bonus he had received. Ricky said instead of cashing it, he framed it and hunted on a wall at his house. (laughs) He once fell asleep on an ice pack and got frostbite, which forced him to miss three games in mid-August. Once asked a teammate how long it would take him to drive to the Dominican Republic. This is amazing. Uh, let's see. I have to see what this guy looks like. 1996. Oh, he was a physical specimen. He was sculpted. This guy was in the best shape of anybody who played baseball. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. He could flat out fly. 96, his first season with San Diego, he's boarding the team bus looking for a seat. Steve Finley says, you have tenure, sit wherever you want. Henderson looked at Finley and said, 10 years? Ricky's been playing at least 16, 17 years. (laughs) From Chicago. 
Oh, Ricky, you're so fine. Chuck, do you think you have it in you to refer to yourself in third person during this episode? Probably not. (laughs) Here's one right up your alley. Ricky was asked if he had the Garth Brooks album with friends in low places. Henderson said, Ricky doesn't have albums. Ricky has CDs. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I love third person. Mets are staying in a hotel less than a mile from Synergy Field in Cincinnati. Some players walked. Most took the team bus. A few minutes after they arrive, remember, it's less than a mile. The last players off the bus notice a stretch limo has just pulled up. Ricky emerges from the back seat. (laughs) (laughs) This is is Ricky's ride. Ladies and gentlemen, Ricky Henderson. And don't worry, I didn't give them all. We can sprinkle them in throughout the show. I love, I love where your head's at today. It must be Friday. It is. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. All right, episode 297. Here we go. Let's start with some high school basketball. Big night, sectional semifinal night. Normally, Corey, this is my favorite night of the year because in a normal non-pandemic year, you have four teams playing at one site, which means you have four crowds of fans coming in. The gym is usually as full as it's going to be during the tournament. And strange alliances are formed. You know, if you have a prohibitive favorite in the sectional, let's say a team like Adams, which is ranked in the top 10, all of a sudden the whole gym can turn against them. It can be three on one. Or if the underdog is winning a game, Everybody loves the underdog, so all of a sudden, the other schools who aren't even in that game kind of get behind that team, and it's interesting. It's like a game of Survivor out there. You see what kind of alliances are formed in the stands, but you also see uh, some high-level basketball because survival is on the line for these teams, and I don't think there's going to be any higher level of basketball played than the one we have tonight on TV 46 with St. Joe and Marion. You may remember round one three weeks ago was a dandy game that Marion winds up winning 66-60 to despite 40 points from J.R. Konesny. St. Joe has to get other people to step up in this game, whether it's Will Terry or Jack Fuda or Connor Litka or Jack Quinn. Somebody has to step up and help out Konesny if they're going to beat Marion because if you look at the last two games St. Joe has played against Marion, JR has averaged 41 points in those two games, and they've lost both of them. In fact, JR has never beaten Marion during his time at St. Joe. Six straight losses to the Knights. It can't be the JR show tonight. No, it can't. And on Marion's side, the last time they played St. Joe, they hit 12 three pointers in that game. Deglin Sullivan was able to get terrific lane penetration and then either take it to the hole himself or dish it to the outside. So St. Joe has to find a way to protect the perimeter, but also keep the drives from the paint from happening. 
Not an easy task for a team that hasn't been a strong defensive team this year. They basically rely on outscoring the opposition. Marion usually plays terrific defense. Should be a whale of a game in the second semifinal at South Bend, Washington. You've got these wonderful storylines. Mark Johnson has decided to call it a career after this season. Will this be his last game? One of his best friends, if not his best friend in coaching, is Rob Berger, the Marion coach. And so Rob Berger and his team, they've already won 81 games in the last four years. Best four-year stretch ever at Marion High School. They want to go on to add more to their legacy. And St. Joe, of course, would love to have a sectional title to add to its legacy. But it's only semifinal night. And other than St. Joe Marion, you also have John Glenn playing Washington. And John Glenn is kind of the forgotten team in this field. And I think it's because they play down in Walkerton, rural team, easy to forget. They've lost to both St. Joe and Marion this year. People kind of poo-poo them. Travis Hanna's team has the chance to have its first 20-win season since 2005. They've got a nice mix of youth and experience. They have a nice mix of an inside-outside game. Bryson Hanna, a sophomore, the coach's son, is the big man on the outside. Carter Young and Silas Kayser can shoot it up from the outside. Glenn is a tough team, but they'd better not overlook South Bend, Washington. Washington, yes, I know they've only won seven games this year, but Ryan Vargas' team has won the last three they've played. They're looking better as the tournament approaches. Yes, they lost to Glenn by 20 about a month ago. They're playing at home tonight, and they've got nothing to lose, and that can be a dangerous team right there. So that's the 3A semifinal at South Bend, Washington. Want to make a 4A into 4A? Yes, very nice. Michigan City tonight. Riley at Michigan City. Michigan City has not won a sectional since 1995. Tom Wells has a good team there, but you may remember they played Riley in the last week of the regular season, and they got hammered. They got absolutely blown out. I don't know that they have any answers for Blake Wesley. Wesley scored 46 against them the first time they played. So we'll see what kind of adjustments the veteran coach Tom Wells makes tonight to try to keep the Wolves in it. That's the first semifinal. The semifinal that might be a more compelling matchup is a battle of conference winners as Adams takes on Mishawaka. Adams comes into this game 22-1. and They are perhaps the best all-around team in the area. That said, we talked about legacy with that St. Joe Marion game. These Adams kids, this senior group, they were freshmen the last time Adams won a sectional. So if you want to cement your place in history, you got to come up with the title. And that's what Adams will be looking to take a step towards tonight. Speaking of looking to come up with a title, Mishawaka has the longest drought of not winning a sectional of any team in the area. They have not won a sectional since 1986. And yet Ron Heklinski, the current head coach, is the first Mishawaka basketball head coach to have four straight winning seasons since John Longfellow back in the 1950s. It's been a while for the Cavemen. They have a 1,000-point scorer in Trent Johnson, but can the other players like Sicario Thomas, Maddox Yohe, Devon Parker, can they step up and help out Johnson tonight? It To me, the Adams-Mishawaka game somewhat reminds me of St. Joe and Marion in that St. Joe and Mishawaka both have these star players that are looked to now the supporting cast have to step up. That's in Michigan City? Yes. Okay. 
And by the way, uh, the nice thing about Michigan City is they'll allow 3,000 fans in. The The St. Joe Marion game's already sold out. You can't get a ticket for that. How many were they allowing? Not that many. Um, Michigan City is allowing 3,000 fans in. The gym seats 7,300. Okay. But what they're doing is you can't, if you're an Adams-Mishawaka fan, you can't show up for the Riley-Michigan City game and just wait for yours. They clear the gym between games. So anticipate some ticket lines. I know the Mishawaka students are planning on a little tailgate outside Michigan City. As they should. Before the game. And it's nice to see student sections back at the game. Northridge student section over at Elkhart I know is fired up tonight. They sold out their ticket allotment in about, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes yesterday. I love hearing that. And the problem is each school only gets 400 seats at the Elkhart sectional because they figure by the time you have game personnel and teams and everybody else, they're trying to hold it to 1,000 people. Now, I'm not being critical of the administration over there because they're working with the health department and everything like that. I just think in a gym like Northside Gym, there's a lot of room to spread out. You could have more than 1,000 people there. But that's just me. Well, it's not just me. There's a lot of people who think like me. Anyway, the game itself, Northridge and Penn tonight, this is interesting. Northridge not only leads the state, Corey, in made three-pointers, they hit 11 three-pointers per game. They're fourth in the nation in made three-pointers per game. So, obviously, if you're Penn, you have to find a way to stop that, but Penn has to also generate some offense. They have a terrific guard in Marcus Burton who scored 30 points the other night in their win over Goshen. Did I see a little highlight video on your tweets? Yes. That kid. Wow. Yeah. So, they have that. Again, some other folks are going to have to step up if you're going to beat a team like Northridge. We talked about Marion having its best four-year run ever. Northridge is having its best four-year run ever. They've had 71 wins in the last four years. So, can Penn overcome that and beat Northridge? Northridge is the two-time defending sectional champion at Elkhart. The last time a team won three straight sectionals at Elkhart, it was Elkhart Memorial, 1980, 81, and 82. I know because I was the manager for Elkhart Central and had to sit on the bench and watch that (laughs) all my years of high school. So, hashtag still bitter. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let it go, Chuck. But uh, Northridge has the chance to make some history this week. The team that Northridge has beaten in the last two sectional championship games at Elkhart that's Warsaw, and Warsaw will play Elkhart in the second game. was a one-point game first time around. Warsaw's been the hottest team in February. They've won eight in a row. Their offense is really cranked up. They're a team that averages about 55 points a game for the season. Last five games, they've averaged 68 points a game. So they're starting to figure things out under Matt Moore. They take on an Elkhart team that has been very mercurial this year, but... Kyle Sears' team does have some talent. Donovan Johnson can get hot from the outside. Damarian Anderson had a double-double the other night against Concord. They need to have him have a big game on the inside. Tigers and Lions. Oh, my. And then you've got another 3A sectional down at West Noble, Northwood, and Wawasee. A couple of Northern Lakes Conference schools going head-to-head. Northwood won the regular season game by about 15. Wawasee has a really nice senior named Keaton Dukes. Can the Panthers keep him shut down? And can Wawasee handle the inside-out combination of Brenner and Rash for Northwood? 2A, 
South Central, interesting team. They haven't won a sectional in probably about 17 years. They take on Boone Grove. Boone Grove will be the favorite in that sectional. Looming on the other side is LaVille and North Judson. Judson got by with a controversial victory the other night over Westville, kind of a phantom foul call with about two seconds left. They hit two free throws to advance. LaVille won the regular season game between those two conference rivals, LaVille and North Judson. And Michael Edison has a really nice senior trio, Sarnecki, Good, and Dill, that do the bulk of the scoring for his team. I like LaVille in that one. 1A, uh, the interesting thing about that Culver sectional, Corey, you've got three of the top 20 defensive teams in the state in terms of scoring defense. So I think the scoreboard worker can probably take the night off. Argus taking on Culver. Those are two really good defensive teams there. And then Triton and Oregon Davis. Argus and Triton are the favorites in those semifinals. Can't watch the game on stream unless you pay for it tonight. They're all behind the IHSA paywall. Ten bucks to watch a game. St. Joe Marion. Per game? Per game. Okay. So you want to watch, let's say you want to watch the whole sectional. It's ten bucks for John Glenn Washington. Ten bucks for St. Joe Marion. But you can watch St. Joe Marion for free if you just have some patience. Watch it tonight at 11 or tomorrow morning at 9 on TV 46. Watching your games at 9 on Saturday is like staying off Twitter during WandaVision. Spoilers. Yeah. And nothing wrong. I mean, you're, you're a sports guy. You're going to put out the scores. So if I know I'm going to watch the game on Saturday yeah, just and I want off. some mystery. Have some discipline. You got to stay off. Yeah. Uh, personally, I've always found it a, a nice way... You know, you wake up, I don't know, you, you, for you sleeping in, I realize it's six. <laughs> um, but let's say you sleep till eight on Saturday morning. You get yourself a little breakfast around, have a cup of coffee, and sit there and watch the game. It's a great way to spend a Saturday morning. Yeah. How long is it usually? Is it the full? Two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Okay. You know, we have, we have commercials. We have to pay the salaries of the crew and Mr. Nagel, who... You know, that's that's probably Speaking like a, of stretch limousines. That's like a Ricky Henderson salary <laughs> the there. The Bob's going to the game tonight. By the way, I owe you a Ricky Henderson story. It's time. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Which one of these should I give you right now? Um, <laughs> a few contacts within the Red Sox organization actually verified that this happened. The Red Sox swept the World Series against St. Louis in 2004. The morning after they swept, Ricky called somebody in the organization asking for tickets to game six. (laughs) Ricky, we're done. (laughs) Ricky needs tickets. Yeah. All right, let's segue into college basketball. Weird scene in Notre Dame Wednesday night. Weird because it was the first time students were allowed to come in for a game. Uh, And they sold out that student allotment fairly quickly. Students were excited about going to see a game, even though the Irish were only 9 and 13 coming in. And then Notre Dame put forth a very lackluster performance against North Carolina State and lost by double digits, 80 to 69, went to 9 and 14. And towards the end of the game, some of the students began a fire Bray chant. And obviously, we've talked about the Mike Bray situation on this show. Here's the thing. I I can see it both ways here. 
I can see students saying, look, I've been here for four years and nothing has happened in basketball. You know, when I came here, things were clicking. You just made an Elite Eight run in 2016. You know, things were going really good. And then I come here and I've seen my team never make the NCAA tournament. And that bothers me. And, and you have a right to express that opinion. On the other hand, I understand the people who say Mike Bray deserves more respect than that. He's never done anything to insult the student body. He's always been, you know, trying to involve the student body as much as he can. And if you look at the program before he got here and what it's done since, you take a look at the whole body of work that he deserves. And I understand that standpoint, too. I saw a lot of former players rallying around him on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, Pat Connaughton comes to mind. Probably led the charge, yeah. Yeah. And and his former players do love him. And there there's something to be said for that. Because you don't always see that with coaches when they get to the end. Mm-hmm. The question, though, remains, is this the end for Mike Bray? Is he going to resign? Or will Notre Dame take some action at the end of the year? And at this point, we have no indication that that is going to happen. Mike Bray has a contract through 2024. Personally, knowing what I know about the University of Notre Dame, while they have been quick to swallow football contracts in the past, I have a problem believing that they would swallow a basketball contract right now. And then you have to sit down and say, well, okay, if you do ax him, who are you going to go get? And, and we had that discussion on the show. I, I tossed some names out there. That was last Friday's episode, if right. you want to go back to that one. And I have no reason to think that they would consider any of those names. Those are just ideas. Yeah, we're just having fun. I, I hear the name uh, Chris Quinn bantied around. He's a former Notre Dame player who is now an assistant with the Miami Heat, but he doesn't have any head coaching experience. I sit there and I watch Big Ten Network and I see John Beeline, who used to coach at Michigan. He's out there on the sidelines and you you could go after him. Now, he's an older guy. You know, you'd be, you'd be making a short-term fix. But that's only, only if Notre Dame decides to get rid of Mike Bray or if Mike Bray decides he's had enough. Personally, I kind of think that Mike Bray has earned the respect within the Notre Dame administration that I think they would allow him to go out on his own terms. Now, that might be a discussion that is had where it's it's not as cold as Mike resign or we're firing you, but I think it might be a discussion Mike, are you sure you want to keep doing this? Are you that yeah. kind of discussion? What's the uh, what's the recruiting class for next year? What's the talk there? Well, Jr. Jr. and Blake Wesley are are two of the three members of the recruiting class. So people around here should have a really good idea of what's coming in. And remember, Notre Dame only will lose two players next year. Uh, Jawan Durham is one of them. And uh, the other name escapes me right now. But most of this team is coming back. And I've already seen um, some writers talking about Notre Dame should be pretty good next year. 
Now, Mike Bray has never been one to play a lot of freshmen. However, he may wind up having to play Kinesny just to give him some outside shooting because that's one of the things that's woefully lacking on this team right now is consistent outside shooting. Uh, that said, it it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Notre Dame plays Florida State tomorrow. Florida State's a ranked team. You know what the streak is like for Notre Dame against ranked teams. Things do not look good for that game. And then you've got the ACC tournament, and the only way Notre Dame's season would continue is if they win the ACC tournament. And no realist would sit here today and say that that's going to happen. So the watch is on. The watch is on in the offseason for something. I think this is the kind of year where Notre Dame may have to come out and make a statement as to whether Mike is returning or not. The ND women didn't help themselves last night either. They lost a double-digit lead in the second half and lose in the opening round of the ACC tournament to Clemson by a final score of 68-63. to Niel Ivey's team now 10-10. and And as I said on the sportscast this morning, that sound you heard late last night may have been the bubble popping underneath them. I, I find it hard to believe that the NCAA tournament is going to bring in a straight 500 team especially when you look at the Irish and you don't really see any marquee wins on their resume. So we'll see if they don't make the NCAA tournament. I think that breaks like a 23- or 24-year run for the Irish of making the NCAA tournament. And a lot of people will say, well, they weren't going anywhere last year. Well, and nobody, there was no NCAA tournament last year, so technically that streak was still intact. Uh, it doesn't look like it will be intact now. I watched a basketball game last night. And? That was not the team I saw the previous game. Why do you think that might be? I think someone got them a copy of Wednesday's episode of Sports Yak and said, you listen to this and you write it down word for word. And that it inspired them. Chuck, it inspired them. You're talking about Michigan and Michigan State and Jawan Howard's team after that dreadful performance against Illinois on Tuesday night turned around and spanked Sparty last night, 69-50, to to clinch the Big Ten title. Franz Wagner, 19 points for the maize and blue. You knew that Michigan was going to be fired up for Michigan State. And they're playing at home. It's their final home game. You just knew that Michigan was going to play well in that game. Now, Michigan State gets to turn around and play him in East Lansing this weekend. I'm not sure it's going to go any better for Sparty. The good news for Tom Izzo's team is they kind of build up their resume a little bit in the previous two or three weeks. I think they'll still make the NCAA tournament, but they might be in there in one of those, what they called, what the NCAA calls the first round, what most of us call the playing games. What I noticed last night, and I think you said this maybe on Monday or last week, this is a team effort by Michigan. There's no stars. It is passing the ball, moving the unselfish motives. They do a great job of making the extra pass, finding the open man. You might think you're open, and just as that guy is closing, you whip that pass over to somebody who really is open. Yeah. And very fast shots. passing, very fast. So they are very crisp, and they're fun to watch. And another team that's fun to watch is Purdue. And Matt Painter's squad playing in Mackey Arena tomorrow against 
the embattled Archie Miller and the Indiana Hoosiers. And, of course, you look at this game on the surface and you say, oh, Purdue should win big. And I tend to agree with you. But, again, good luck predicting what Indiana will do. Although I will say, in the last couple of games, man, the Hoosier effort just has not been there. And, of course, we we talked all about the relationship of Archie and Trace Jackson Davis in that timeout the other night. They looked uh, terrible last weekend. I, I think this team is asking for the check. I, I think they're like you at the restaurant last weekend saying, <laughs> check, please. Check, please. It's time to go. Yeah. My son was so fired up about the choosing of the teams last night. So? But before we get into that, I want to ask you, have you heard about NBA Top Shot? Have you heard about this? No. They did a little thing on CBS this morning, and and it's a little vague. I went to the website, tried to do quick homework, Chuck. You can now purchase Top Shots from the NBA. From what I can see, it's a piece of technological device that you have in your hand that you can purchase the actual play of one of your favorite players or a dunk or a layup or a pass for an amount of money. And Why it, would I want to do that? Because it's yours. You own the play from that time forward. Starting at $17 and going as high up as you can possibly imagine. NBA Top Shot comes in this little colorful package kind of looks like the old chunky candy that you and I grew up eating you know it's kind of it looks like a little block yeah but apparently that's what it's on and you own the shot you own is this from an actual game or they put a gopro on your player and it's from an actual game from the past and leading up till now it's quite the archive that you can choose from I followed them on Twitter this morning to see more. They're they're in a little bit of a beta phase, but they've already sold about $2 million in uh, stuff of owned shots. I, I didn't know if you'd seen it or not, but no. I, I really hope my son doesn't. This sounds very shady. Think so? This, it's either NBA sanctioned or it is an NBA oh, arm. I'm, I'm sure it's NBA sanctioned, but... One wonders how you can sell the rights to video that, yeah. No. Now, now, what's going to happen? Like, let's say, for example, you buy uh, Michael's game-winning shot against Utah mm-hmm. in the NBA Finals, and some schmuck on a sportscast in South Bend, Indiana, runs that video over a soundbite. Yeah, you you gonna get checked for that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea how that works. Yeah, well, that's the audio. This, this is the video. No, I'm talking about the video. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about radio sports. Oh, stuff. I see I'm what you mean. I'm talking about a TV sports. Oh, stuff. I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, wiping the palette clean, if you could purchase a shot, which one would you want? Well, that one. Or John Paxson's shot to get the first title. Yeah, I knew there would be one in there. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that. I've seen it. <laughs> you never know. You might for episode 300. Well, more like if we have episode 3000 and the Alzheimer's <laughs> is starting to set in and I need to see. I want to buy another yeah. shot. 
an NBA shot. Yes, my son was very excited. Uh, I went to bed before he told me who was on what team. So I'm hoping, hoping that you will unveil Team LeBron. Are you ready? Who also uh, unveiled some Space Jam stuff this week. Well, of course. Because he's got to compete with coming to America. (laughs) So LeBron takes Giannis with the first pick because Giannis has been the captain of the other team the last two years. So LeBron has never had the chance to play with Giannis. And so it's LeBron took Giannis. Pick two. He he was really suffering here. He took Steph Curry. (laughs) So you got your outside shooter. Then pick three. He took Luka Doncic from the Mavs. I can't wait. Now, I have not looked at Kevin Durant's picking order here, but it sounds like Kevin Durant was asleep at the switch. (laughs) (laughs) Pick four, he took Nikola Jokic from the Nuggets, who's having a fabulous year. And pick five, he took Dame Lillard from the Trailblazers. Uh, Then you get into the reserves, Ben Simmons from the Sixers, Chris Paul from the Suns, Jalen Brown from the Celtics, Paul George from the Clippers, DeMontis Sabonis from the Pacers, and Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. Both of the Utah Jazz players, remember the Jazz have the best record in the West. Both of the Jazz players were picked last. And the TNT crew asked LeBron and Durant about that. LeBron goes, look, when we were growing up, Stockton Malone were on the Jazz, but when you played your video game, you never took the Jazz. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is like a video game, picking your very best players. So here's Kevin Durant. He took Kyrie Irving from the Nets, number one. Hopefully he'll show up. Joel Embiid from the Sixers, two. And Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers, three. I'm sorry, LeBron got the better of you, KD, in this one. (laughs) Uh, Bradley Beal from the Wizards, four. And Jason Tatum from the Celtics, five. That's a good move. They're best friends. James Harden from the Nets, six. That's a pretty good six pick. Of course, you have to remember Harden was part of the reserves. He was not a starter on the, that's why he had to go so low. And KD had the first pick of the reserve. So that was a smart pick by KD. Devin Booker from the Suns, seven. Zion went eighth. Zach Levine from the Bulls will be on Kevin Durant's team. Nice. Julius Randle from the Knicks. Nikola Vucevic from the Magic. And Donovan Mitchell. From the jazz. Ignorant question from the guy that doesn't know about sports. Do you think they actually did that or people do that for them? No, I think they actually did that. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. They they play pretend general manager just like we do sometimes. <laughs> That's fun. It's fun. When is All-Star Weekend? This weekend? This weekend. So Sunday night will be a game? Yes. Oh, we'll have to get back from New Prairie as quick as possible. Well, it probably won't. It'll. You'll probably be... Yeah. Highlights on Monday? Yes. <laughs> Much as you frequently are. Notre Dame football's got a QB commitment. What are they looking for in a quarterback, Chuck? Uh, probably more than what Matt Nagy is. Leadership. They can throw. Why don't you share what you saw from the Matt Nagy <laughs> press conference yesterday with the Bears? I was telling Chuck, uh, he met with the media and someone asked him, per the rules, he can't talk about a specific quarterback on another team. But somebody asked him what he's looking for in a quarterback, and he said, uh, leadership is one, a good throwing arm, and it'd be great if they could do something with their legs. If they can't, we can work with that. Welcome to a new segment here on the Yak called Chuck Interprets the Soundbite. 
I don't want to answer this question. Let me give you plasma. <laughs> it was like, really? That's what you said? Yeah. Yeah. That that was I don't want to answer the question. Here's 20 seconds of me not answering the question. Talk about this young man from the East Coast, did I hear? Yeah, Bergen Catholic High School in New Jersey, which has long been a stronghold for Notre Dame. A young man's name is Steve Angeli. That's nice. Uh, he's a four-star quarterback who is committing. Some some recruiting places have him as a three-star. Uh, he's been on Notre Dame's radar for a long time. His coach, Vito Campanile. Yeah, <laughs> uh, talked to Tommy Reese three times and told him he thinks uh, the kid is ready. He has received 23 offers. He cho- chooses Notre Dame over Ohio State, LSU, Michigan. Round up the usual suspects, as Claude Rains would say. Um, so this guy has been really high on a lot of people's charts, but he's got a really nice relationship with Tommy Reese. And, of course, Reese looks like he's going to be here a while. 6'3", 215 pounds. So... We'll see how it all works out. Last year, he completed almost 60% of his passes, only got to play in six games, six touchdowns, three interceptions. Okay. So the number's not necessarily outstanding, but Bergen Catholic's typically been a team that runs the football anyway over the years, so you're not going to see necessarily huge passing numbers no matter who the quarterback is. Let's wrap it up with Cubs. Watched uh, some of their spring training game last night with the Dodgers on MLB Network, and boy, the Cubs just uh, spanked the ball. Of course, it wasn't really the... You had... uh, The one thing that I took out of this game was the fact that Ian Happ and Nico Horner were at the top of the lineup, and at one time, by around the fifth inning, there were four for five, homer, double, stolen base between the two of them. You... As an old-time Cub fan, you remember the daily double of Dernier and Sandberg in that 84 season, batting 1-2, and they really sparked the Cubs lineup. When the Cubs won in 2016, they had a leadoff man, Dexter Fowler. You go, we go, and he sparked the lineup. Hopefully that combination of Happ and Horner would be a, a nice combination. That David You Ross liked could, what you saw last I night? I liked what I saw okay. last night. I also liked what I saw from Patrick Williams. He is, a, he is a guy that they picked up from Pittsburgh who last year had the misfortune of leading the National League in home runs allowed. But they've been working on his breaking stuff, and he threw a slider to Mookie Betts on a 2-2 pitch that had Mookie uh, way, way off the ball. So if he can get that kind of movement on his breaking pitches, he could be an effective weapon for the Cubs in 2021. Now, again, it's one spring training game, but the Cubs have played well in spring training so far. If you're a Cub fan, there's some reason for optimism. Do I think that they're better constructed than the Cardinals right now? No, not really, but I think they can be competitive and maybe get a wild card spot in the National League this year. Okay. Hey, before we jump into overrated, underrated. One of your favorite segments. I would like to play you a song. From a previous overrated, underrated artist. Okay. Today is Friday. That's when music is now released. So there's a Spotify list called New Music Radar. Gives you all the singles that are released. This popped up this morning on my way to work. It put a smile on my face. And then I said, I'm going to play this for Chuck and see what he thinks. All right. I'm not going to tell you 
who the artist is. And I probably won't know. Don't look over here <laughs> and, look. and guess. I um, want you to guess who this is singing. Eyes are closed, like many of the people listening to this show right now. Are you ready? Yes. All right, let's see what we got here. Let's see how this makes you feel on a Friday morning. Ricky Henderson episode. Good, good morning, everybody. More Ricky stories to come. Episode 297. Come on now. It's tough to walk up a song when you've only heard it once. Since I met you, I've begun to feel so strange. Every time I speak your name. Well, it's a cover, I can tell you that much. Could it be we're falling in love? Any kind of guess? No. If you're wondering what kiss is you got to be kidding after the tour this is paul stanley wow paul stanley's soul station i didn't see that one coming yeah i'm sorry i'll go with the original over that one (laughs) but i i appreciate the effort by paul that caught you off guard didn't it it did i didn't see that one coming (laughs) um you have the list in front of you which one would you like? I think I know who I know who opens in this act, and it ain't the first name on the list. The opener of this act would be the Chainsmokers. <laughs> I was going to go with Cher. Cher would not open for the Chainsmokers. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, as far as open, uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, Chainsmokers. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't have enough knowledge uh, to give you a quality answer overrated and um i know that they were ballyhooed i think they even did a show at purcell pavilion yes uh i remember not being able to get out of baseball traffic because of all the teeny boppers being dropped off for a chain smokers concert i've never heard anything that they've done that just uh, they've had some hits but i think their hits are more about the beat than anything else. I don't think it has to do with lyrics. Oh, I remember this song. Oh, how could you forget it? It was played incessantly in about 2015. I actually enjoy this one um, because it's got Coldplay on it. Uh, Well, that's the thing. Coldplay carries the day on that song, not the Chainsmokers. That's a good song, though. Yeah, but again, yeah. because of Coldplay, not the Chainsmokers. Yeah, overrated. Yeah. But, but I don't have enough information. Yeah. Share. Let me bust out my scientific method on this. Now, I said with an artist, five songs or five albums. Mm-hmm. With, a, with an actress or the full gamut right there, you have to have five movies that I can actually repeat. Um, Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Mask. Mask, Witches of Eastwick, Mamma Mia 2. I didn't, there was no way I was going near that one. 
Uh, there's a great movie from the 80s called Suspect. Oh, yeah. Her and Dennis Quaid and Liam Neeson. Well, and then musically, Sonny and Cher and Cher, I mean, she's got the musical. Oh, she's got the hits. Yeah. She's got the hit. There, there has to be one more movie, though. I'm at four. So you're thinking purely as an actress. No, no, no. I'm doing both. Okay. All right. Uh, there's another movie. There's something. Uh, I thought she was terrific in Mask. Yeah, she was good in that. She was. There's and another I thought one she I was really of. good in Moonstruck. Obviously, now she's she's past her prime, although my daughter Jeannie would severely uh, scold me for saying such a thing about the queen. Fan of Cher? <laughs> yeah. What was that huge hit? I played it back in the U93 if days. I could turn back time? That was that was earlier than that. Uh, if you believe in love. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. massive. It's still massive at the college clubs, apparently. I would say I would say right down the middle, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I, I don't see how you could say she is underrated. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. But, and I think she has... I think she has adapted well over the years to kind of playing this caricature of herself a little bit. You know, I'm I'm surprised she hasn't had a stellar TV drama or sitcom. I'm surprised she doesn't have that in her back pocket. Like she had a good run. I don't think she's interested. You know, she ha- the Sunny and Share Variety Show when it was on in the seventies was 70s, huge. Was as big as anything on TV at that time. Huge. Um. And, of course, it lends itself to the great Paul Schaefer story of Oh, Holy Night. <laughs> However, um, I, I just don't think she has any interest in And, let's face it, she's got to be in her 70s now. Born in 46. So, yeah, she's 75. She's not going to... I mean, I'm not going to say she's not going to come out and do a sitcom or anything like that, but it would have to be more like... Uh, she's the grandma character or Golden Girls or something like that. I, You know, talk about a... I mean, we see Queen Latifah now making the comeback on TV with playing a, a detective role. I don't see Cher playing the detective role right now at the age of 75. <laughs> no? I'm sorry. You, you don't? You're going to redo Murder, She Wrote, and take out Angela Lansbury and put in Cher? Is that what you're going to do? There... Uh, there's, 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 I got to name one more movie. I got to name one more. Um, Mermaids won some awards. Yeah, that wasn't bad. You know what though? She, she'll do, Silkwood, that kind of yeah. put her on the map, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But she has these huge jumps in time. Right. Silkwood, Mask, Witches of Eastwick 87, Suspect 87, Moonstruck 87, Mermaids 90, and then just mat, like a decade jump yeah. to other stuff. Who could forget her stint on Will and Grace? Well, yeah, that was that was a big deal when yeah. she came on there. Down the middle. Should we end with a one final Ricky Henderson? One? You want me to limit this to one? Well, we are in 46 minutes. Real quick. It's the weekend episode. Go ahead. A reporter asked... Ricky, if Ken Caminiti's estimate that 50% of Major League players were taking steroids was accurate, his response was, well, Ricky's not one of them, so that's 49% right there. (laughs) San Diego General Manager Kevin Towers was trying to contact Ricky at a nearby hotel. He knew that Henderson always used fake names to avoid the press and fans. So he tried to think like Ricky and did get a hold of him. Ricky had checked on 
checked in under Richard Pryor. Yes. Smart. Smart. Uh, when he was on the Yankees in the mid-'80s, Henderson told teammates that his condo had such a great view he could see the entire state building. <laughs> and finally, in the last week of his lone season with the Red Sox, the chairman of the Sox, Tom Warner, asked Henderson what he would like for his going-away gift. Henderson said he wasn't going anywhere, but he would like John Henry's Mercedes. Warner said it would be tough to get the same make and model in less than a week, and Henderson said, no, I want his car. Well, <laughs> the Sox decided to get Ricky a red Thunderbird, and when they rolled it out on the field before the last game of the season, Ricky said, whose ugly car is on the field? <laughs> I want every episode to be the Ricky Henderson episode. That may have to be a new segment of just Ricky stories. Oh, Ricky. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Now, you're on this new social platform called, what do my notes say here, Twitter. At 46 Sports. All right. I'm By the way, well. remember when I got suspended from Twitter for a couple of days I back in that. August? Yes. Customer support finally got back with me. From August of last year? Yes. Thursday, they got back with me and said, problem seems to be fine. That was it? Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's high-quality stuff. Uh, I'm at My Name is Corey, and we also have a little mediocre sports yak with two Ks. Until next time, yak fans. Ooga-looga, Ricky Henderson. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. Sports Yak is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.